Long ago, when the oak trees used in building the oldest boat at Brest were but acorns, there lived a poor widow whose name was Niner. Her father had been of a noble lineage and had a large fortune. When he died, he left a manor house, a farm, a mill, and an oven where all the villagers paid to bake their bread. He also left 12 horses and twice as many oxen, 12 cows, and 10 times that number of sheep, without counting the horn and fine linen. But as she was a widow, Niner's brothers would not let her have her share of inheritance. Peric the eldest kept the manor, the farm, and the horses. Fans the second took the mill and the cows, the third brother, Rival had the oxen, the greatest, the great oven, and the sheep. So nothing was left for Niner but an old ramshack cottage on the heath where they usually sent sick animals. When Niner was moving her bits of furniture to her poor cottage, fans pretended to be sorry for her. I am going to behave to you as a brother and a Christian, he said. I have an old black cow which I have never been able to fatten, which hardly gives enough milk to feed a newborn babe, but you may take her with you. Whitethorn can keep her on the heath. Whitethorn was the widow's daughter. She was nearly 11 years old and was so pale that people called her by the name of the white hedge flower. So Niner went away with her little pale daughter, pulling the cow along with a bit of rope. And when they reached the cottage, Niner sent the girl and the cow out onto the heath together. Every day and all day along, Whitethorn stayed there looking after Blackie the cow. She spent her time making crosses out of broom and daisies while she sang and air whatever and poor blackie had a hard enough time finding a little grass between the stones one day whitethorn noticed a bird perched on one of the flowery crosses she had just stuck in the ground the bird was chirping and shaking its head he looked at her as if he wanted to speak the girl went near to the bird and listened carefully but she could understand nothing still whitethorn was entranced with the little bird and she watched it so long the night began to fall she had forgotten all about blackie at last, the bird flew away, and as Whitethorn followed him with her eyes, she saw that the stars were twinkling in the sky. Then she looked for Blackie, but could not find her. She called. She stuck the stuffs of her broom with her stick. She went down in the hollows where the rainfall had formed little pools, but all in vain. Blackie was not to be found. At last, the child heard her mother calling as if it was some misfortune had befallen. Frightened, Whitethorn hurried towards her, and at the entrance to the field on the path leading to the cottage, she saw the widow kneeling near Blackie. The wolves formed. The, the forest had gotten hurt, and nothing was left but her bones and horns. Damn. Whitethorn burst into tears and fell on her knees by her mother. At the sight of her daughter's grief, the widow tried to comfort her. Do not weep for Blackie as if she were a human being, my darling, she said, even though the wolves and bad Christians are against us. Heaven will have pity on us. Come help me to pick some firewood and let us go home. White Thorn did as her mother said, but the tears trickled down her pale wan cheeks. Poor Blackie. She said to herself. She was no trouble to lead about. She ate everything and she was beginning <laughs> to get fat. That, <laughs> that, <laughs> that evening, White Thorn would eat no supper, and during the night she awoke again and again, thinking about thinking that she heard Blackie lowing at the door. Finally, just before daybreak, she was convinced she heard the cow just outside in the field, and she ran out into the field barefoot and in her petticoat. But Blackie was not there. As she came near the heath, however, she beheld the same bird that she had seen before, perched again on the cross of the broom. He was singing and seemed to be calling her, but she understood him no better than she had the day before. She was about to run home when she looked down and she saw what she thought was a gold coin lying at her feet. 
She tried to turn it over with her toe, but it was not a coin. It was the magic herb of gold that you can only see at sunrise if you are barefoot and half-dressed. And if you see it, then the fairies will bestow on you the sight of a gift. And so it was. The moment she touched the herb, she understood the language of the bird. White Thorn, I want you to do a good turn. The bird was saying. White Thorn, listen to me. Who are you? Asked White Thorn, very much astonished that she could understand the bird. I am Robin Redbreast, said the bird. And each year I am allowed to make one, uh, to make a poor girl rich. This time I have chosen you. Oh, Robin, Robin, cried White Thorn. Will I be rich enough to have a shining silver cross with a shining silver chain to go about my neck and a pair of wooden shoes for my feet as well? You shall have a golden cross and silken shoes, answered the bird. And what must I do to have all that, little bird? Asked Whitethorn. You must follow me wherever I lead you. I will do it. And so Robin Redbreast flew off, and Whitethorn went running after him. She followed him across the fields and through the woods until they came to the dunes just opposite the Seven Isles. The, the bird stopped. Can you see anything below on the beach? Asked Robin. Yes, said Whitethorn. I see a pair of wooden shoes and a wooden staff. Put on the shoes and take the staff, said Robin. I will, said Whitethorn, running down to the beach. beach. Now, you must walk on the sea. <laughs> I can't see what that says. I know, just say you. You must walk on the sea, reach the first island, then you must go round it till you come to all being <laughs> all hidden beneath reeds that are the color of the sea. And then what must I do? You must gather the reeds and make a halter. That will be easy enough. Then with your wooden staff, you must strike the rocks as hard as you can until it cracks open. That did not seem so easy, but White Thorn did as what she was told, and she carried out all the bird's instructions. With the magic shoes, she walked on the sea to the first island. She went round it, and until she came to the rock with the sea green reeds, with these, she made a halter, as the bird had directed. Then, with her wooden staff, she struck the rock as hard as she could. Instantly, it cracked open like an egg, and out of it clambered a cow with skin as smooth as a maiden's cheek and, as, and eyes as soft as the light of dawn. She was very gentle, and White Thorn, delighted, put the halter on her and led her over the water, then through the woods, and then over the fields and across the heath until they reached the widow's cottage. When Niner saw the cow, she was as happy as she had been sad before. But she was happier still when she milked the cow, for the milk flowed like the water of spring. Niner filled all her pots and pans, then she filled her wooden bowls, then her crocks, and then her churns. Yet still the milk flowed on. It seemed as if the beautiful sea cow for that is what the talking bird had named her. her had ma- what? Had milked all, for all the babies in Britain. Brittany. Okay. Soon everyone was gossiping after the widow's cow, and people came from far and near to look upon her. The richest farmers offered to buy a sea cow, and each offered a higher price than the others. As at last, Perrick came and said to his sister, If you are a Christian, you'll remember that I am your brother, and you will let me have the first offer. Let me have sea cow, and in exchange, I'll give you nine of my own cows. Sea cow is not only worth nine cows. Answer the widow niner. She with all the cows that are grazing in the highlands and lowlands. Thanks to her, I shall be able to sell milk in all the marketplaces, dinner to care hags. 
very well. Said Parrot. Give her to me, sister, and I'll give you one of your father's farms where you were born with all the fields and plows and plows and horses belonging to it. Niner accepted Parrot's offer, so they all went to the farm, and after Niner had dug up a clump of earth in each field, drunk a couple of water from the well, lighted a fire on the hearth, and cut a tuft of hair from each of the horse's tails to prove she had become the owner of all these things. She gave sea cow to her brother and to her brother Peric, and Peric led the cow away to a hearse, a, horse, a house he had in another quarter of that country. Little White Thorn cried when she saw her dear sea cow led away, and she was sad all that day. When night fell, she went into the stable to put hay in the man mangers. <sighs> the horses seemed to look at her with sympathy. Alas. She sighed. Why is sea cow not here too? Hardly had she spoken when she heard a gentle lowing, and as she stepped on the golden herb and knew the language of animals, she understood these words. Little mistress, here I am again. Very astonished, White Thorn turned quickly. Right behind her stood Sea Cow. Stood? What? Who brought you here? <laughs> Keep going. I, I do not belong to your wicked Uncle Peric. Said Sea Cow. Because I cannot belong to anyone. But then, said Little White Thorn, my mother will have to give back the farmhouse, the fields, and the horses. Not at all, answered Sea Cow. For they were hers by right. Her brother took them from her unjustly when her grandfather died. But my uncle Patrick will come to look for you here, said White Thorn. I will tell you what to do, Sea Cow said. First, go pick three verbiana leaves. Whitethorn ran off and quickly returned with the three leaves. Now, said Sea Cow, rub me with those leaves from ear to my tail and whisper softly three times. Say Rana, Rana, say Rana, Rana, say Rana, Rana. Whitethorn did as she was told, and as she whispered for the third time, Sea Cow was transformed into a horse. The girl was wonderstruck. Now, said the horse, your Uncle Perry will not know me. My name is no longer Sea Cow, it's but Sea Horse. <laughs> when the widow heard what had happened, she was delighted. The very next day, she hastened to try her fine new horse. She loaded her back with corn to take to the market, and you can imagine her surprise when she saw seahorse back growing longer and longer the more she piled on those sacks of corn so that she alone could carry as many sacks as all the horses in the parish put together. You may be sure that the news of, of it soon spread about abroad. When Niner's brother Finch heard of it, he came to the farm and asked his sister if she was selling the horse. She refused until he proposed to give her in exchange the mill and all the pigs he was fattening. So the bargain was struck and Niner took possession of the mill as, as she had of the farm and then let her brothers lead Seahorse away. The very next evening, the horse was home again. And again, Whitethorn picked three verbena leaves and rubbed, and rubbed her from her ears to her tail, repeating the words, St. Ronan of... Herbina, three times, no sooner had she done so than the horse changed into a sheep. Instead of white wool, she was covered with the scarlet wool as long as hemp and as soft as flax. Seahorse was now sea lamb. White Thorn was delighted and called her mother, who came into the stable to admire this new miracle. Go and fetch the shepherd's shears, said to White Thorn. 
The poor dear beast is way down with such heavy fleece. But when she tried a sheer sea lamb, the wool grew again as fast as she cut it off, so that that this sheep alone was worth all the flocks on the mountain. Now Ninus, their brother, Rywell, happened to be passing by, and he saw what was happening. He at once offered to exchange his oxen, his heath, and all the sheep for sea lamb. So the widow gave Rywell the sheep. But as he was leading sea lamb along away the shores, suddenly she threw herself into the waves. She swam to the smallest of the seven isles. The rock opened to let her pass and close again, and she was gone. This time, Whitethorn waited in vain for her to come home. She came back neither that day nor the next nor ever again. So the girl ran off to the hawthorn bush to look for the talking bird. And there he was singing away as before. I was expecting you, said the talking bird. Sea lamb was gone and will never return. Your wicked uncles are punished as they deserved and you are now in hairs. You are rich enough to wear a golden cross and silken shoes as I promised you. Now my work is done and I shall fly away. Always remember that you were once poor and that it was a little wild bird that made you rich. And so the talking bird spread his wings and flew away. White Thorn never saw him again, but out of gratitude, she was always kind to animals, especially to wild birds, and she always gave to the poor.